Welcome to the City Park Church Podcast. We are changing the culture of a city through the message of hope. Please share at cityparkchurch.com how God has touched your life through our messages. Thank you for listening. It kind of came upon him, and to see him do what he did in that musical, I was like, it's really, I'm not biased at all. It's, it's like I was in awe. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this kid's good. Seriously. I mean, really, amazing. So proud, proud father, proud mama, awesome men. All right. I'm going to do this. <laughs> ah, it's so good that when you stick things out, when it comes to the word of God and serving God, to see the rewards of God in your life and in your family, Sorry. Because there's times where you just want to give up as a parent. Sorry. And you just think to yourself, are they ever going to get it? You know? And, uh, I just want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up praying for your kids. Don't give up serving God yourself. Uh, because your actions speak louder than your words. You know what I'm talking about? Um, what we do, it will, what we literally do will give them permission to, to do. Meaning, when you screw up, they're going to say, well, dad screwed up, so I can do it. And, but when you serve God and they see you continue to serve God, no matter what, when, even when things get tough, you're setting a standard for them in their life that dad and, and mom, they're not giving up. And so it's so important to stick it through and to be faithful to what God's asked you to do and, and in the house that he's planted you in and placed you in so with that being said you know what do you i just want to encourage you to go to the play it's tonight it's afternoon the musical's two o'clock and then next weekend as well friday saturday sunday um you'll be blessed it has a the musical has an amazing redemption story and it really mirrors the the biblical story of the woman caught in the act of adultery and and how that all played out so it's really a good play. Awesome. So the question we're asking is, what do you really want in your life? What do you really want? Um, and getting what we want can, or what we really want can be tricky. Um, it can be even dangerous um, as far as getting what we want, not what we really want. <laughs> Getting what we want can be tricky and can be dangerous. And um, instead of going for our goals and getting what we really want and settling for only what we want um, can really leave us wanting more. Um, where you get to the place where you got what you want instead of what you really wanted and now it's too late to get what you really want because you have to settle for what you want if I'm making any sense. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to explain it today because 
there's a guy in the Bible who went exactly through this situation, and, and like we all do. And um, the thing is, if we get what we want now, we may not end up getting what we want later. And so this morning, we're just talking about the temporary fix compared to the eternal goal or dream or the long-term goal and dream. And um, the temporary fix has to do with our natural self or the Bible calls it our flesh and how we're weak in the flesh. And that we, and when we yield to our flesh or unrenewed mind or emotions and make decisions based on that, we can, we can live with regrets. And God doesn't want us to live with regrets. And so um, lurking in the shadows of what we want is what we value. And I think in order to get what we really want, we have to come to the place of what do we value? which probably is a, is a bigger question and a better question. Um, maybe we should be asking the question, who do we want to be? Or um, what kind of person do we want to be? Or um, what about your legacy? How are you going to be remembered? Um, when your kids leave the home, what are they going to say about you? Um, when you move on to a, another business, um, what will they say around about you around the water cooler, about who you were and, and what, you, what you left there. So your values, it's really no one can really answer that for you. You have to answer that for yourself. What, what do you value? And I believe that until you discover what you value, you'll never get what you really want. Now, Jesus, he pointed to the value instead of what they wanted when he was teaching. Uh, Choosing what's valuable is not natural. Um, It's difficult because there's this internal conflict that uh, happens from what comes from the natural as compared to what we truly value. And if if you look at what Paul wrote in the book of Romans, if you want to turn there, Paul was a Pharisee. He not only was a Pharisee, he was... Um, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was highly educated. And, but one of the things that Paul is known for is he hated Christians and he killed Christians, facilitated their deaths. And that was his, that was his mission before he came to Christ. And so in one of the letters that he wrote, the book of Romans, which at this point we're not even sure if Paul even went to Rome, but he was writing a letter to the Roman Christians. And Paul was really transparent. And he did that in an amazing way to show us that, you know, Paul wasn't God. He wasn't, you know, Jesus' brother. And, you know, he was a person just like you and I, anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so Paul had struggles. And he wrote about that in order to help us. And even today, it is so relevant and so applicable concerning our struggles of, of getting what we really want. And so if you look in Romans chapter 7, beginning in verse 15, famous statement, but he said this. Paul said, I do not understand what I do. Huh, interesting. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. Struggle there. 
do not understand. I, I cannot comprehend why I do what I do. Why am I doing this? Paul's basically saying, I know what I really want, but what I want gets in the way, and I end up hating it. So he's really, really, really honest here about his struggles. You know, there, there, there are some here, you, you hate yourself because of what you've allowed yourself to do. And you've got to get over that. You've got to get past that. You, you can't allow that to dominate your thinking in your life. Because there is real freedom in Christ. completely wash you in your mind and your soul and your emotions and, and allow you to become that new creature that God intended for you to be. Paul was struggling with the same thing. The guilt, the shame. There's none, none of us in here, as far as I know, have never murdered anybody, right? So you're talking about a murderer who was facilitating the deaths of, of believers all around thinking that it was his mission, what he really wanted. Um, so it, it was a struggle. And um, Paul, after he becomes a Christian, he realized that I, I can't blame anybody anymore. Can't blame my mama, can't blame my family, can't blame my kids, can't blame my job. I need to take personal responsibility. And um, he was struggling with that. Hating what we do for him, it was an everyday battle. And maybe, maybe it is for you as well. That, that whole thing, that whole regret that you're dealing with. You look here in verse 16, he said, And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. Now, if there was anyone who was good at keeping the law, Paul was. Paul was like the Torah man. And Pharisee of the Pharisees, he was setting the bar, setting the example as far as the law. But you know as well as I do, we could not keep the law. Can someone turn the heat up a couple degrees, make sure it's on heat? Thanks. He kept the law and he was good at it. As a matter of fact, Paul was one of the goodest people around. Can I say that? Goodest? (laughs) I mean, he was committed to doing what was right. And, and as hard as he tried, we know that he couldn't do it. There was no one that could fulfill the law. It was too difficult. They, the Pharisees pretended to fulfill the law in front of, you know, the common people, but they couldn't do it, and they weren't doing it behind the scenes. They were hypocrites. Paul continues on in verse 18. He says, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, That is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Amazing struggle here. So what we naturally want is in conflict of what we ultimately want. There's a conflict there. There's, there's a, an inner battle taking place. Because we live in this body, 
and we're confined to this flesh, we have a sinful nature that is in battle against our God nature that lives in us. And if we feed only our natural man, we will yield towards the flesh in those sinful things. But God's instruction for us is to feed our spiritual man. And in doing that, his word and his spirit will empower us to follow after his voice and after his will. It's an everyday choice when we get up. Because the renewed mind is something that we don't arrive at all of a sudden just because you went to Bible school for two years. And sure, you get a good dose. And when I went to Bible school, you get a good dose of mind renewing being in class all, you know, four or five hours a day. And you come out of there. That's why people in Bible school, you can't tame them. They're just ready for preaching the gospel, you know, because they have been inundated with the word. And then when you get out outside of the four walls of a Bible school and you, you get to living life again and rubbing shoulders with, uh, with those who haven't gone or only going to service once a week or, you know, not barely reading your Bible, you, whatever you feed is what you're going to yield to. So if, we, if we're feeding our sinful nature and feeding our flesh, we will yield towards that sinful nature and, and that emotional realm in making decisions instead of yielding towards what we really want, which is we really want the ultimate, which is God's will for our lives. It's a continual battle. It's a continual fight. Like, like Brittany talked about, you've got to know who your enemy is. You've got to know that you have authority. You've got to know how to do battle. You've got to know where these thoughts come from. Because these thoughts that are, are trying to get you to yield towards your flesh or yield towards your sinful nature literally come from the outside in. The devil has the ability to throw a thought at you, but the thought is not yours. We can facilitate those evil thoughts by what we watch and what we listen to. If you're feeding off modern day you know, music these days, especially young people here, it's filled with garbage, you know? It's just, it's just about, you know, sex and drugs and rock and roll, basically. It's just, and, and if, if you don't think it's affecting your life, you're crazy, really. It, it'll, it'll cause you to make decisions that you don't really want to do. Whatever we feed, we've got to feed our spirit. We've got to feed our, our mind with God's word to be strong in order to yield to, to him and to be led by him. Very important. Now, Paul wrote another letter because he talked about this in various different letters. And uh, so turn to Galatians, Galatians chapter five. Same theme, continued revelation on this subject. He said this, Galatians five, beginning in verse 17, he said, the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite, and I'm reading in the New Living Translation, NLT, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. So the opposites are going on, battle going on. Sinful nature wants to do evil, just the opposite of what the Spirit wants, capital S. And the Spirit, look what the Spirit does for us, gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. 
So God desires compared to old nature flesh desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Mm, wow. This explains the battle very clearly. Paul is like right on. And in, in what he, why is he writing about this? Because he wants to help us. He wants us to, to yield towards those spirit desires and not the old man sinful nature desires. So let's, let's as, a, as a group, Paul's writing to, the, to Galatians because they obviously had, obviously had issues with their lifestyle. And, and Paul's trying to encourage them, hey, it's possible for you to follow after the spirit who lives in you and your spirit desires and not the impulses of your flesh. But you have got to feed your spirit, man. You got to get underneath the teaching of the word You've got to get in the word. You've got to go to that prayer meeting. You've got to make spiritual activity and spiritual food part of your daily diet in order to live successful Christian lives. And then he, he says in verse 19, he says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And then he lists the whole thing, sexual immorality, impurity, Lustful pleasures, idolatry. Idolatry basically is anything that that takes the place of Jesus. Uh, Sorcery. What sorcery? Sorcery is basically you wanting to control another person. It's exhibiting control over people. Um, Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, and if you want to describe all college campuses, wild parties, are you out there? And other sins like these, God forbid. The good news is this, you can win this battle. Hallelujah. You can win this battle. Completely doable. It says that Jesus was tempted in all, in all things like us, yet he was without sin. The first thing you got to realize is that temptation is not sin. That because the devil has the ability to throw fiery darts at your head and tempt you, doesn't mean that that thought is your thought. And because just because that thought comes, it doesn't mean it's a sin. There's all kinds of thoughts that come at you, and you can tell It's not from the inside of you. It's coming from the outside, bang, to your head. And you think to yourself, where'd that come from? At that moment, you recognize, hey, that's, wait a minute, devil, that's not my thought. In Jesus' name, I resist that. I'm not thinking about that. Whoa, hello. Go away. Take your package and leave. I'm not signing that UPS little little window thing. I'm not signing that package. It is not mine. I don't care if you're UPS Federal Express or, or DHL. I'm not signing for the package. Does not belong to me. So our goal is to embrace what we value over the natural. The values that we have, the goals that we have. 
there is a way for you to get what you really want. Amen? And so if I look in James, remember we talked about uh, the Jesus' brother James last week, and James wrote this in verse 14 in the first chapter. He says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Everybody say, dragged away. Dragged away. Mm, mm, mm. And this is so visual, because this is literally what our old nature and our flesh wants to do. It wants to drag you away from the will of God for your life. And um, hopefully you're kicking and screaming, right? Like, no. <laughs> hopefully you're fighting. Because you don't want to be to the place where the devil's dragging you away and like, oh, well, that kind of looks okay. Kind of looks good. Because if you're in that place where you're not resisting the dragging away, then you need to take some inventory about where you're at concerning your spiritual walk. Dragging away. It's a picture of someone trying to do the right thing, trying to embrace what is good, but being dragged away. This desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So the, the ultimate goal of the temptation is to drag you away by your own evil desires because of the flesh and the old nature, because of the sinful nature that, that this body that we live in, we're continually fighting. After that has been conceived, after the desire has been conceived, then it gives birth to sin. So it's not sin before that. The temptation is not sin. It gives birth to sin. The ultimate goal, once that sin is full grown, because it takes a while, the ultimate goal is to give birth to death. And, and death happens in different stages, not just eternal death, but death to everything that you know that is good. Even to the point where, God forbid, anybody ever gets there just, just rejecting your Lord and Savior when you were once born again, which is a dangerous place to be. Gives birth to death. Then he says in verse 16, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't, basically don't trade the ultimate for the immediate. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Don't follow short lasting pleasure. It's not worth it. And this is up to us. I guess, I guess as a pastor, nothing breaks our hearts more um, than watching people make decisions that undermine their future. It's probably, it's probably the worst, worst thing that you can, you can experience as a pastor. When you've warned them, you've tried to speak into their lives, you've tried to give them instruction and direction, and they're not listening, and you know that if something doesn't happen, they're going to end up being destroyed. It's, it's, it's difficult. I know that there's some things in our lives we can't control, but there's a lot of things that we can control. Amen? 
we can control the, our own sphere. Our own sphere is, is us, our flesh, our mind, our spiritual life. We can control that. We can allow things in or not, not allow things in. We can decide where to go and what to do. See, following Jesus will point you to the ultimate and not the immediate. The ultimate goal, the ultimate dream. And, and it's a journey and, and we need to learn to enjoy the journey. Because the ultimate, you see the, you see the vision and you see the goal, but we should, we should be having fun doing it. Amen? There's, there's no more excitement and adventure than following Jesus Christ. And if you're not having fun in your Christianity, then you're not living real Christianity. Because being a believer is fun. Knowing his spirit and knowing the power that you carry with you wherever you go, it's, it's fun. Seeing God do miracles and great things through you, it's fun. Seeing God speak through you, uh, it's, it's fun. God's a good God, amen? Following Jesus is the best life. But every day we've got to resist being dragged away. Because we live in this world. Thank God. Can anybody say thank God for heaven? Thank God for a new body. Thank God for no sin. Thank God for no sin nature. That that's, you know, we're embattling every day. It's going to be amazing. Hallelujah. No sickness, no disease, no temptation, no, no addiction. No, all, all that stuff. When we get to heaven, it's all gone. Hallelujah. Just, just a big house, good food, and the best worship band ever. Come on. Hallelujah. It's going to be amazing. But until that day, we've got to fight the good fight of faith. We've got to stay firm and stay true to our beliefs and who we are. We've got to realize that he and he alone has the best life for us. The best life. It's worth the battle. It's worth to pay the price. And so the question this morning as we close is what do you really, really want? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put up three questions if you want to write them down. Three questions that you can ask yourself in order to take some self-inventory today. First is this, number one is what do you really want? What do you really want? The second question is this. What keeps dragging you away. And and you have to answer that honestly. And and this is between you and you, and this is between you and God. But answering that honestly, the sooner you come to grips with what's continually dragging you away and answering that honestly and deal with it, the sooner you can move on with your walk with the Lord. Get over that thing. Get past it. And and if you need help, that's why we're here. All you can do is say, Pastor Bob, you got time for coffee. You got time to meet. Just need some counsel. Need some help. Guy to guy, woman to woman, couples. Don't avoid us. (laughs) Because we have a heart to see you be, to see you reach 
what you really, really want. Your, your triumphs are our triumphs. We, we celebrate your victories and celebrate dreams fulfilled. Love to see God answer prayer in your lives. Amen. God's been doing good things for my daughter. I'm going to have to pick on her a little bit, you know. But um, she had a, a school bill at Mount Hood for like a thousand bucks. She was paying off her car because I bought a car and I gave her a loan and she almost got it all paid off except for 90 bucks. So she was working hard. But she got this thousand dollar school bill. It can't go back to school until it's paid. And then if, um, if it goes past a certain date in March, then they start tacking on interest and all that, you know. And um, this envelope arrives in the mail. Because she had um, trained for a few days at Dave and & Buster's. And then she got another job and, and quit that job. And they, they never paid her for the four days. And I think she forgot about it. All of a sudden, this, this check comes for almost $1,000 in the mail. And I, I think in four days, 1000 bucks. you should have kept that job. I said, you better call them to find out why it's $1,000. Well, because they forgot to pay her, I don't know why, but they, they had to pay her more. They literally gave her $500 more than she was supposed to get that paid off her school bill. You know we got favor, right? It's little things like that. Well, that's a big thing to her, you know. That God just saying, listen, I got you covered. You know, I, I love you. Trust me. Go after what you really want. Because I have good plans for you. Good plans. And he does. Number three, last question is this. How long do I plan to let what I naturally want drag me away from what I ultimately want? Good question. There's a tug of war going on in heaven. <laughs> and Jesus is like, Bible says that Jesus is contending for your soul. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, praying for you and making intercession for you. Praying that his desires become your desires and that those desires become what you really want. Because as a good father, he has the best for you. The best. He's amazing. How can you do anything but serve him who is for you and not against you. I want you to win and triumph in life. Champions. Amen. Let's all stand up. Let's all lift our hands. Lord, we worship you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence and your wisdom and your word. We just take inventory this morning concerning our lives, concerning things that are dragging us away, whether that's guilt or shame from our past or 
current temptations that we're yielding to, our addictions, Lord, we give that up to you right now. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your spirit and your spirit desires. Let your desires, Holy Spirit, be our desires. Let your will be our will. And thank you for filling us with your spirit and empowering us to do that will every day. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for our shortcomings. Forgive us for yielding to temptation. Forgive us for being dragged away. But Lord, we purpose. We purpose to move on. We purpose to follow you, to love you, and put you first. And this morning we worship you. Hallelujah. Come on, we worship you, Lord. Lift up your voice. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit desires.
shared you know how to overcome is he says the just shall live by faith because our faith in Jesus who overcame is that's how we overcome trusting him and his word more than our circumstances that's when you rise up that's when you walk in faith that's when you please God walking by faith you are the just church you are blood washed you redeemed you get to walk by faith you don't look at the circumstances. You look at what he said to you, what he says in his word, what he's spoken about you. And that will elevate you to that place where you walk in faith, where you listen and you receive by faith. And that's where your victory lies because victory is ours because of what Jesus has done. So this is an awesome message. You look where your heart and to understand how the enemy operates but how God operates and that we are on his side because he overcame we are too so remember that the just shall live not dragged away not be dead not half dead the just shall live by faith you get to live by faith in him the overcomer he sits on the throne and we get to ramp it up down here as we walk by faith together as his church this is hope. There's hope for you. There's hope for this nation because Jesus is our king. Hallelujah. Walk out with that. There's hope. And speak that hope by faith in every situation you encounter that needs victory, that needs light, that needs truth, that needs love, that needs forgiveness. And you speak that and you set the temperature for God to do a miracle. God bless you. Next week soon to be Pastor Don preaching, alright? So, you know it's always good when he, when he speaks. So, have a great week. Give somebody some love on the way out. Give them a hug. Thank you so much for coming.